Cameras on me, let me run it. I'ma take it to the house like legislation. And my spaceship through the ozone, windmilling to the rack, final destination. Blessing for the squad, revelation, war pain on my face. Let us pray. May the Lord's grace bless us this day. Cause any man in the way is moving to catching fate. So fly. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. We're taking it to the house like legislation in the ozone. I am your host, Omar Miller, coming to you live from Koreatown, ladies and gentlemen, home of the Korean barbecue outside of Korea. Really? I'm here with my brother <laughs> Terry. Also known as the Icons, Hayafia. I'm feeling great, especially if I can get some of that Korean barbecue. Right, it's right around the corner. Let's hurry up and get this podcast over with, brother. Get over there. I got to have it. <laughs> uh-huh. I do. <laughs> so, folks, we got an, uh, a very interesting week, an introspective week going on. A lot of introspection in the world of sports. We got quite a few people retiring. And, unfortunately, uh, we have a memorial section that we're going to have to cover with some people retiring from life uh, in the world of sports. We had some interesting fights pop up over the weekend, which still begs the question of why boxers don't have a union or fighters either, for for that matter. Um, I saw some footage which made me realize that the Dodgers are far and away the best team in baseball because I, I watched some I watched a, a game with the Houston Astros with Terry's beloved Houston Astros and the way they lost the game isn't the kind of way you can lose a game that you're the best team in baseball. Yeah, but but they, but but they, you know they they they're still right at the top of the pops. They, no, they're beat up. Uh, hey, regardless, I'm just telling you what I saw, brother. Don't yeah. don't, don't, don't yeah, shoot yeah, the messenger. Just, just beat up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when you beat when you beat up like that, you see. Yeah, uh, you see, Kevin, when you beat up, there's only so much <laughs> that you can beat up. But uh, yeah, we got that going. Oh man. Sports, ladies and gentlemen. Sports, sports, sports. I wanted to talk to you guys and jump right into it because football is almost coming back. And there's just something going on. Everybody's heard about it. Everybody's talked about it in one way or the other. But I'm just devastated with with the most recent developments. As you all know, I played Charles Green, the Black Swan, on HBO's Ballers. And in this season, I'm uh, fighting to keep my head in the corporate world of of, of uh, NFL executivism. I'm an assistant GM. One thing that I can tell you that the Black Swan would never have approved is the signing of Jay Cutler. Are you kidding me? Jay Cutler gets a job before Colin Kaepernick? Are you crazy? He's about to blow my ears out, family. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I've been waiting to get that. I feel like I, feel like I was going to have a heart Release. attack if I didn't get that out. Release. Breathe now. Are you kidding me? Jay Cutler is a starter again. Jay Cutler? Jay, Did you see the Jay. picture of Jay Cutler when he signed? And he looked like, what am I doing here? They're going <laughs> to give me another $10 million to play Ten, terrible football? $10 million. I bet you they wouldn't even sign Colin Kaepernick if he was going to play for free right now. If he paid the team, they wouldn't sign Colin Kaepernick. I can't, I just can't believe it. And with a team like the Dolphins, I actually thought, okay, this is a prime situation. that Perfect it, for him. It's a perfect situation. Perfect fit. The city... The style of play, truth be told, his they personality, could, they could actually make some noise with Colin Kaepernick down they there. They actually could. And they need him, especially with a running back like JHI. They got great receivers. Come on, man. They got real defense. And his numbers really weren't that bad last year. You know what Jay Cutler's numbers have been his whole career? Terrible. Garbage. <laughs> 
In the words of Denzel Washington, you see that son, that's garbage. <laughs> He's garbage. <laughs> that's garbage. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not. I mean, I, 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 I don't even like. I don't, I don't even know what else to put out there. I feel like we can just drop the mic and leave. Yeah, it's disappointing because everybody wants to act like he's not being punished, and he's being punished. He needs to if he's getting out of his place, which is to do what the NFL's corporate says, then he's going to be punished. And they're sending out a message to everybody else that if you want to jump out of pocket, you won't work. I think that's the big thing. I think that's the message that they're sending out to anybody else who's thinking about bringing their political stance or their uh, uh, their choices in life to the right. forefront. And it's it, to me, it's just amazing because with all of the things that the NFL is willing to support and forgive and embrace <laughs> murder, murder, rape, You're taking people's lives, <laughs> rape. I mean, you can go down the, you know, this rap involuntary sheet. manslaughter right. with drunk the, driving. The rap sheet that the NFL has, and then Colin Kaepernick has not done, drug use, hasn't done anything. Prostitution. He's a model citizen. In comparison, the all of the focus is on Colin Kaepernick and his kneeling during the anthem, as opposed to why he was kneeling. Right. And the every day that passes. I think about it more and more about how much more I actually support him with this. And because this is a situation where he took, he knew what he was about to get into. Right. And from, I don't know if he knew about, you know, the death threats and so on and so forth, but from the death threats to losing his employment to actually helping the 49ers out by opting out of his deal. Right. I don't know I why. I still he don't did know that. why he did that. Yeah, that that was not called for. <laughs> I think that he gave them a break. He uh, break me off a piece of that kid got <laughs> Give me a break. And he he gave them a break and I don't know why. Uh but but he did that. You know, it seems like he has some sort of ethical awakening that's taking right. place in his life. Right. And he's realized how much, you know, uh, how many more things are important than money. Right. And he actually looked like he realized the power that he had in the situation that he was in. And, and he actually exercised that muscle, which he's supposed to, and most of the other athletes should do as well. It's just mind-blowing to me because this is one of those scenarios where the more they ostracize this young man, the more power they're actually giving him. Yes. Which is a trip to me. And somebody's going to break down eventually. Even if he doesn't get a, get to start until the middle of the season. Somebody's oh, yeah, because somebody's going to get hurt. Somebody's going to get hurt. That You can count on that in football. Yeah. I mean, my I just, I just, I'm just flabbergasted. I cannot believe that you would opt for, of all people, Jay Cutler. There's Jay Cutler people, has been one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. Probably. History. Yeah. <laughs> wow, you went history. He's bad. A, a starter? Yeah. Scott Mitchell was bad with the Detroit Lions back in the day. I'll take Scott Mitchell every Will day of you? the week over Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler is not Is an interception waiting to happen. <laughs> and it's and worse than the interception. Everybody throws interceptions. He acts like he doesn't care. Yeah. It doesn't matter to Jay Cutler that he's not good. Honestly, you know. He, and and it doesn't matter to the league because they keep giving him money. $40 million for Jay Cutler. This is the good old boy network. This is what it is. Literally. It's alive and well. It's alive and well. They and pulled that, Jay Cutler out of retirement. Yes, he wasn't even asking to play. <laughs> it wasn't even like he was lobbying for a job. Right. He's not even showing you the basic proponent of an athlete of what you need, which is the desire and the passion to actually play. They said, hey, you know what? We don't want Kaepernick to play, so can you come back? We'll give you $10 million. I mean, I don't know if they said it like that. but <laughs> Pretty <laughs> much. There's, there's other people that they didn't hire as well. Like but the obvious fit is Colin Kaepernick. And so I, I just don't understand how Jay Cutler – is on anybody's list. I would rather them have just Or radar. That, yeah, because he was, last I saw, he was cave diving in Mexico. 
and 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 my thing is is that even if he said I don't have to be in great shape to play, <laughs> this is what he's telling you. <laughs> what prep? He doesn't care about the league, whatever. And you know, I I wonder how the players actually feel. I can't wait to get some more football players on. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna you know what, Ozone fans, I'm gonna do you guys a favor. I'm gonna start picking up the phone and getting some more football players on uh and see if anybody's willing to talk on the record about how they feel about this situation. Right. Because I mean the guys have been pretty clear that they know that Colin Kaepernick is getting, you know, blackball. But yeah, they they know it. But this particular situation I feel like is just a, a distinct it's a slap, slap in the face. It's just Jay Cutler. Face. I mean, you went to the bottom of the barrel. You pull out Jay Cutler. You can actually go get some of these college guys and even that, make it in the, com- in the combine and say, "Hey, man, listen, we're going to get." But what was wrong with the kid that that was uh, the backup for Tannehill? I'd rather have that kid more. From, I'd rather go get that kid from USC that won the big game last year. That's right. never played a professional game in his life and have him play before Jay Cutler. Come on, man. I mean, I just, I, I, I can't. I don't know. I, Chicago Bears fans, sound off for me. I know you guys feel me because they're Jay laughing. Hasn't done anything. To <laughs> they're you. laughing. Yeah, they're laughing at Miami, the beautiful city of Miami. Unbelievable. Bring you down. I just, I don't. Wow. Where, hey, where else not can expect, we go? He's not expected to go to the playoffs. He's not expected to win. He's not expected to win. He's we, literally just there to take snaps as a veteran. Yes. To maybe help more, you know, develop. The only way to develop is to play. Well, but I'm saying, and so then on top of that. These are all things that able-bodied Colin Kaepernick can do. Once again, people of color are still and and now with God rest your soul, the woman uh, out in in Minnesota, non-people of color, regular citizens are routinely being killed by law enforcement. Yes, but you're not supposed to speak about it. Let's just remember what Colin Kaepernick's kneeling on the the the, the and, national anthem was actually about. Yes, it was in protest to people of color being killed disproportionately by law enforcement without ever being prosecuted or attempted to be prosecuted. Yes. And this has cost him his employment. Obviously, he's made a lot of money over his lifetime, so I don't think we're going to, you know, I think that's exactly what the league wants. I think think the proverbial man, if you will, is in the position where they want to put Colin Kaepernick out of business. And in his place. 100%. Well, right now they feel like he's in his place because he's not playing professional football. Well, I think that if going, I was Calvin Kaepernick, you know what I would do? I don't mean to cut you, you off. Do? You know what I would do? No. I would go play baseball because you remember because they tried to get Tim Tebow to play. No, Tim Tebow. I'm not mad. Tim Tebow's another guy that I'm not actually well, mad well, at. No, I'm talking about that. They went as the Miami Dolphins went to go ask Tim Tebow about it playing. Stop it. I'm serious in a heart attack. I didn't know that. Yes. I didn't. I didn't get they, that. They want to go everywhere except to. And probably. we know how much the league hates Christian Tim Tebow. Yes. And they were willing to to put it, an avid faith based believer quarterback they out went, there. They kicked the tires on him. And what happened? I guess he. I don't know if he turned him down or what the situation was. But he's he, out there on that diamond. He don't even want to think about that, no yeah, football. I'm, I'm, I'm in the diamond. Yeah, yeah, he's bling out. Deep? <laughs> Come on, Look, man. Tim Tebow hitting bombs. Triple A. What do you want from him? Come on. Wow. No, I didn't know that. That's that's very interesting to me. But if I was him, I would go play baseball because if you remember when he was celebrated as the NFC champion. Colin Kaepernick, mm-hmm. he used to throw out pitches at the AT&T Stadium for the San Francisco Giants. Right. And they talked about how he threw in the low 90s and mid-90s. He's got a hose. Oh, wow. Yeah, you don't remember that? He no, used to I throw, didn't. He, he threw out the, the, the first pitch. He's got a hose. There's, you know, there's no doubt about that. But maybe he's just devoting his life to activism or whatever. Well, Mark Cuban stood up for him. You know, oh, really? Yeah, he was talking about how, you know, basically the NFL is dropping the ball in this one. 
Uh, they, you know, this is another scenario where you're going to look back, and I don't think history is going to be kind to this one. Everybody who's out there, you know, we're this is this is the beauty of America. We're all entitled to our opinions. We're all entitled to. And he was ex- exercising that right. That's one hundred percent. Why can't I exercise that right now? When I exercise that right with the in the land of freedom, now I'm not free. <laughs> I'm not free to to work. And the Giants owner said he's never in his history of ownership received letters with such impassioned pleas to not hire a guy. He said that's why he didn't hire. That's why that Colin Kaepernick would never become a New York Giant. Whatever. Because he received and, thousands of letters. And from then people. some other people were saying because he's a vegan. And I mean, come on, man. I didn't even know he was a vegan. Yeah. There it is. He shouldn't get a job. He doesn't eat meat. <laughs> <laughs> no, come on, man. I, I mean, come on, America. Get come, your act together. Team America, what are we doing here? We're not playing as a team right now. We're, we're throwing, not playing as a team. Throwing the ball around. As Coach Nahara used to say, you guys are out here playing grab ass. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I mean, it really hurts my feelings because because when you see numerous players throughout the history of the NFL have been caught either playing on cocaine, substance abusing before and after, domestic abuse consistently, actually murdering uh, and being acquitted of murder and or being involved, actual involuntary manslaughter from DUIs. There is a host of vices that the NFL does not seem to have a problem with. And just don't backtalk me, boy. And and I see that's the thing. I don't know if backtalk is the right word. That's the right sentiment, 100%. Right. But it's like this this thing with the flag, it's just unbelievable. I think that they're using the flag as an excuse. The Stars and Stripes rip. Yeah, but this is the thing. I mean, what about all the other guys who joined in protest with Colin Kaepernick throughout the league? He's a troublemaker. He started it. He's a Nat Turner of football right now. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Birth of a nation. Yeah. <laughs> Speak on it. That's real. For your fantasy football team, side note, other than Colin Kaepernick, who's your number one draft pick right now? If you uh, probably got to go running back, right? A quarterback. <laughs> and please don't tell me that it's your man cool. that you can't believe from the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> That's the man who he doesn't have a job either. Where's Jamal Charles when you need him? <laughs> Jamal Charles must have took a knee. He must have took a knee. Because he was a good knee. Yeah. Jamal Charles is a step man. He led, he led the league. He led the league. <laughs> man, Jamal Charles in history averaged more yards than everybody. He's a stud. Yeah. No, no, no. But, no, but, but it's over for him. But, but you, gotta, right you know what? I wouldn't be mad at uh, a player like a Dak Prescott type player. I need quarterbacks who can run. Quarterbacks who can run. As your number one pick, you're going with a quarterback. Yeah, I probably would go with a quarterback who can run. You know, the one year that I actually made some noise in my division, and you know, I'm not much of a football aficionado, was when I drafted Cam Newton first, and he, that was the year he was MVP. A quarterback that can run. And his numbers were bonkers. Yeah. And I actually drafted him as my backup. I didn't draft him first. I drafted uh, – I, I, I remember. I, I got I got Adrian Peterson that year, and Adrian Peterson busted his knee that year. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I got Jamal Charles that year. Listening to you, I got Jamal Charles, and he got hurt. Yeah. It, obviously, it wasn't nothing yeah. you can do about that. He but got he hurt. Up numbers, bro, boy. And then, but Cam carried my squad. Yeah. Huh. The, the running quarterback. This is a new era. And now, do you think it's a new era overall with football oh, no coming question. up? Now? No question. Although we have a Jay Cutler back on the scene, we're going backwards just like we, you know, 
everything else. We're going we're going backwards to the with a pocket passer like Jay Cutler who can't scramble and throw, who can't read defenses. You need quarterbacks. Jay Cutler doesn't even look like he can open his eyes. <laughs> he looks like he's in I'm a stoned, he looks like he's in a Jason Chong movie. I'm stoned. I don't <laughs> I'm not even. I don't even know Jay Cutler, so I I try to reserve any kind of personal judgment on people. Right, I'm going but just based on his disposition yeah. of his play, not just his play, the the the, the non care that goes on in his play. Right, I need you to care about losing I, always more than winning. <laughs> yeah, you have to. That's be that a, Magic Johnson. Yeah. I hate to lose you more to so a, than anything. You have to be offended by the loss. Yes. Yes. Well, you watch the guys who are serious in any sport, not just baseball, whatever. After the game, they're either standing on the sideline or in the dugout, whatever, and just gazing in the space. Like, that, my favorite footage, my favorite <laughs> footage of that ever is Derek Jeter when King Griffey comes around to score in the nineteen ninety five playoffs <laughs> on Edgar Martinez's double down the line, and King Griffey comes around to score, and it's Derek Jeter had just gotten called up, and he's just sitting on the bench, like, wait a minute, <laughs> I, I'm a Yankee. And, and I'm on the team. Well, he was looking like this will never happen. You don't have to, to worry about this happening to me anymore. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna rattle off these quick four for y'all. One of one of mine is Wade Boggs. Exactly, Wade Boggs broke down. <laughs> Wade Boggs is devastated. <laughs> he sure was. He was he in the sure dugout, straight boohooing, man. He After the 86 match World Series, he, he could fun. not believe they lost <laughs> that gonna, series. He's gonna save California with that serious tears. And yeah. nobody talks about it because they were up three yeah. two. It wasn't like. The ball going through uh, Billy Buckner's legs no. meant the series was over. Mm-mm. It just mentally meant the series was over because Wait. they had a whole nother game the next night. I can see his face right in me too. In He's devastated. All the bright red hair, Devastated. looking like a fire engine. Come on, man! And that's, that's probably in that moment he decided he needed to play for the Yankees. <laughs> like this is not. <laughs> can you not believe work that? For me, yep. ten, more than ten years later, ten years later, Wade Boggs gets a ring with the Yankees after slapping all those balls off the Green Monster. <laughs> You hated Wade Boggs our whole lives. You hated him so much. Because he, would, he just would slap the ball at the Green Monster, man. That, that wasn't skill set to me. He could hit, though. When he got to, Yank, when he got to the Yankees. Ooh, he, he was swinging it for the Yankees. At the, at the end of his career, That's too. what he's just supposed to do. You're not supposed to just go and pepper the Green Monster. Come on, dude. See, that's not true, though. That's like saying guys, when the shift is on, shouldn't just lay down the bunt. You shouldn't all the time. Yeah, what can you do? So did you watch the fight this weekend? Lomachenko? Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't. I mean... It was it was impressive, but not in a sense. You know, he beat up a guy who he's supposed to beat up, and it was a spectacle more so than anything. Yeah, exactly. So we got Ellie Secback on the line, and he's looking to speak on it. Hello, Ellie Secback, live in the Ozone. What's going on, baby? I'm good. I'm good. I just finished interviewing Mikey Garcia, and he had a lot to say about Lomachenko. Oh, oh. so you're right on time. So this is uh, great. So tell the people where they can find the video. Uh, if you go to YouTube, type in ES News, one word, ES News, Mikey Garcia Lomachenko. It should come right up. Did you already put it up? Yep. It's a 26, 27-minute video. Wow. Oh, man. I would like to play it. We yeah. don't have 30 minutes to play it. Um, okay, give us some highlights. Because literally, we just right now, what we just were talking about was Lomachenko. You know, last week on the Ozone, we kind of hammered into a topic that we've introduced before, which is the buffoonery of boxers not having a union. Boxers, fighters, MMA guys, everything, not having a union. And the fact of the matter is, when you look at it, like when you look at the UFC, right, that fight last weekend with John Jones and Daniel Cormier, they paid out a total, I think, of $2 million to everybody on all that card, the whole the oh, whole that's, fight. That's horrible. That is terrible. That's $2 really million. Dollars. That's a ripoff. And realistically, you talk about pound for pound, John Jones is probably the best fighter in the world. Yeah. I, I agree, and and um, he did great, and he got the victory. 
Yeah, but, and so and and yet and yet you can make a very serious argument that he was underpaid for for one. I don't even think it's an argument. Who yeah, that's not a good that? point. Um, but but there's we we all know about boxers stumbling around the gym and so on and so forth. And I just don't understand who do you think stops that has stopped that from happening since the proverbial mafia has gotten out of out of fighting and boxing. Well, if a superstar is making hundreds of millions or tens of millions, what he it's an individual sport. It's a selfish thing. Hmm. You're not looking out for the rest. You're worried about you and your family or your grandkids. So it's hard to like people have to sacrifice. If you unionize. You're not going to be fighting. You may have to sit out for a year. And someone comes and throws you $10 million in your face. It's very hard. I mean, Muhammad Ali did it for three years for a million different reasons. But I don't see any other superstar sacrificing at that level. So I think that's Except for Colin Kaepernick. Right. Yes, and he's not even a fighter. Well, I don't even no. think that. But do you, why do you think it would be a sacrifice? Because what I was thinking, if they had some type of union in your purse, also would be some kind the of the union fees. Yeah, the union fees. They would take out two percent, whatever it is. Whatever it is. And, and I'm not talking about. Going, and I'm not talking about. You need to have. You know that a guy like Floyd Mayweather needs to put in twenty five percent of you know his yeah. earnings or something like that. Yeah. And I'm not even saying that guys need to get you know twenty thirty grand a month for the rest of their lives. I'm just saying that from what I learned when I did the boxing film with John Leguizamo, there is no union. The guys have no medical benefits. Everything is dependent on their promoters and managers, who oftentimes are also the guys that are jerking them. That is that is correct. That is accurate and. Unions, look, it works in the NBA. In the NFL, I think their union is the weakest one. I think it works in yeah. baseball, NHL. There is a place for it with MMA and boxing. They can't even have one union for fighters. Uh, that's and what I think, yeah. them Because you can have a scale, a minimum, a veteran, medical yep. insurance. There's yep. so many benefits to I'm it. I'm just but, talking about the, the bare minimum. I'm not talking about, you know what I mean? I'm just talking about bare minimum. Just so you're talking about like medical insurance. Yeah. Well, UFC brought it in the last couple of years, but it, they didn't have it for many years. Um, the pay is super low. I've talked to UFC fighters who are stars who told me that they started on TV and walked home with $12,000. Now, it's not like you fight every week. You fight every three months, every six months. So that money is really, really minimal. Especially and when people, you average out hours that you got to spend in the gym to get to that, course, you know, that level. No. And f- especially with brain damage. Especially when you I got mean, you number at, one is brain damage. Yeah, you look at Cormier last time when he just fought John Jones. I mean, that guy might have had a serious concussion. He Guaranteed he, he was concussed. Yeah, he didn't even know he was knocked out. And if he wasn't concussed when he got kicked, he was concussed with the 26 shots that <laughs> that the ref let him take right. after he yeah. was knocked out to get him punched no, th- There's no doubt it's very, very brutal. And people do it because they love it. And, and the real fighters will always say, I'm willing to die in the ring. Yeah. I, I get that and I admire it. But in the big picture, there's a future. You have a family, you have loved ones. 100%. Um, a, a union would protect fighters. Nothing's perfect. I work with many unions, whether it's entertainment industry or other industries. And there are, there are you know, unions that take advantage and abuse. And those on the top are enjoying the fast life of the money. And sometimes the workers, it doesn't, you know, trail down. But. It would benefit MMA fighters, that's for sure, because I've talked to them, and, and there are videos that I posted 10 years ago about this topic, and nothing has changed. But it would take all the fighters collectively, and I just don't think that would ever happen, because the money that you can make instantly, you're worried about now. You're not worried about the next generation, which may be the wrong approach, but that's kind of the reason why it had never matured. Mm. If every fighter stepped out, and like in every NBA player sat out, every baseball player, they have no choice but, okay, we'll negotiate. 
But I just can't see a situation where every single fighter says, you know what, we're in solidarity. We're just, we're not going to show up on fight night or we're not going to, we're not going to participate. It's just very hard to do. Now, from what I know from the entertainment industry, let's say you have a TV station. If two thirds say unionize, then they have to form a union. Like they vote on it, you know? So you don't need everybody, but you need a majority. But I don't know how it would work in, in, a, in a sports field. Well, they didn't have it forever in baseball, but Kurt Flood changed that around. Sure did. Yeah, because this just has to be one person that'll stand up and say, you know and what? And he paid the price. Yeah, and, and paid the and price. And he messed up his life yeah. behind that. Yeah, and, and then just get everybody together and explain the situation. You know, Floyd rides off into the set, set with all his money and all the other big fighters who who making millions of dollars, and they're giving nothing back to the sport in this Fighting sense. Fighting counts for them is insane. So it's it's a good topic. I mean, I hope to see. I just want to, you know, the best for the fighters. Everybody no, this is all we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is all we're talking about is actually what's best for the fighters. Now, let's move into Lomachenko. I saw, let me give you a quick breakdown on what I saw. I saw a guy who was leaps and bounds better than his competition, and he did what you should do when you're leaps and bounds better than your competition. And then the other thing I saw was that Lomachenko likes to get hit. And I also heard tremendous knob slobbing going on by Teddy Atlas. I just can't believe that the guy, I understand he's had 396 amateur fights. The guy's had 10 professional fights. And we're talking about comparing him to Muhammad Ali. What is going on? What, where, what's happening? Well, many times when you're on the air and you're a broadcaster, you want job security and that guarantees job security. <laughs> you have to praise the fact. No, I get it. No, no, I'm not making It's the company not, line. Like, yes, it's the company line. And Lomachenko is talented. His opposition are not at his level, and he's toying with them. He's like a cat playing with a mouse. He's banging on the guy's head. He's clowning him. He's playing into the crowd. Can he do that with an elite-level fighter? Absolutely not. Um, Rigondeau is a great fighter, but he's small. He's a 122-pounder, so he has to go up eight pounds for a guy that's 5'2". He may do it. Rigondeau is super talented. Doesn't have a much of a following, but Lomachenko's following is growing, so... He might continue to fight mediocre fighters until he, you know, builds his hype or builds his following. And um, you're right. Your assessment is pretty accurate. He did toy with his opponent who wasn't, who's coming off a loss, moving up in weight. Yeah, he, and he looked very small. My point is, is that, okay, the guy can be really good. I'm so tired of boxing, the boxing world, uh, of donning guys, the next king, before they actually fight anyone of merit. That's exactly what Mikey Garcia told me tonight. He's like, why are you crowning this guy? You guys are turning him into a superstar. He only has 10 pro fights. Let's see what he can do against an elite opponent. Let's see what he can so, do against the elite. Let's see what he can do against Mikey. I would love to see that fight. Right. Because that's going to be well, a different animal. Yeah, but Mikey explained to me tonight why that fight will never happen. He said, look, I want to fight him in November. I'm ready. He's ready. But they're going to go in a different direction. Mikey was with top rank. He left top rank. They're obviously not going to look to, you know, help him financially or make him pay. And Mikey fights on Showtime. He looks like Lomachenko's an ESPN. So there are obstacles over there. Just this fight will not happen. Now, Mikey wants it. I'm sure Lomachenko and his heart wants it. I'm sure his manager want it. But the powers to be a top rank might not want it. And it's a very risky fight for Lomachenko. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Well, I think that Loma, I'm impressed with some of his movement. I'm not impressed with his power because he has to break guys down. Um, but I would love to see what happens when somebody comes out and puts pressure on him and doesn't allow him to sit back and get in his rhythm, which is the fight that he lost is basically what happened to him. 
which is he already gets a, a late start, and then you would cause him to get a later start if you apply pressure. Truthfully, I think it's a bigger guy that beats him up as comparison to a little guy. I'm not doubting that he's really good, but I just need to see more evidence. The little guy that would give him problems would be Rigondeaux because Rigondeaux's movement is superior to his and his defense is superior to his. He just doesn't have the pop. I think you need a guy. What I've seen from Loma's fights when I've watched him fight is he comes out and he doesn't necessarily respect. Once he realizes he doesn't respect your punching power, mm-hmm. then it's the equivalent of realizing that the guy can't throw the fastball by you. You get a lot more exactly. comfortable yeah. and you can you can you can play a lot more games in the pocket and whatnot. Which is why that kid actually checked his chin a few times in that fight. I saw that. He just didn't have the thump to make any noise with it. That's what rapper Garcia told me. You've been watching my video today. Or- <laughs> <laughs> I'm just telling you, I just posted it. You guys were already on. But yes, you're, you're very, very accurate. But let me ask you guys this a professional question. Pauli Malanaji is sparring Conor McGregor. Conor pushes him to the canvas and releases the picture. I dropped Pauli. What do you guys make of that? He said I dropped Paulie. I thought yeah. he I, I didn't know that he said that. I thought well, no, that was I'm some sorry. fan site. I take that back. His photographer said I saw Paulie get dropped. Right. You know, here's this is I hate to say it because I actually usually really agree with Paulie Malinaji. The problem that I have with Paulie is consistently he was always really hard on Manny Pacquiao despite Manny Pacquiao never being tested dirty. He was convinced Manny had a uh, right. had a, was on steroids, and he always alluded to that despite him never wanting to fight him or anything right. like that. Um, Paulie was I thought was a really good fighter that he was he was a victim of not having any thumb because he didn't have any thumb though. Yeah, and so but. This is a situation where Paulie decided to step back into the limelight and they played him out. And he did what he could do by by stepping away from it. But you're part of the clown show now. You're a part of the spectacle. Right. And this is this is what And now that's what he wants to call it, but he's already been a part of it. Well, you can't call it the spectacle when you're a part of it. Right. It doesn't work because you're you you signed on for the circus. And that's why he comes out. Then it makes him look like a sucker by saying, nah, release the, release the whole 12 rounds. Watch what happens when you release the whole 12 rounds. It's like, come on, man, you missed the, you missed the boat, even though I have no doubt that Paulie Malignaggi tightened up Conor McGregor right. over 12 rounds. Right. I have had zero doubt in my mind about that. But then that's also an old, if you will, not a shame Malignaggi, who still, if, I, if, there was, if they made a fight tonight, I would bet Paulie Malignaggi, you know? But I, I just think that, with that whole scenario, I don't know Conor McGregor. I don't know Floyd Mayweather. But from what people have told me, Conor McGregor is supposed to be a really cool dude. And it seems like he is taking the the blueprint of Floyd Mayweather, made it work in UFC. Now he's figured out a way to do this clown show crossover. He's going to take his beating and take his money and ride off into the sunset. And I just hope it's not too much of a black eye for boxing. No, but, but here's the thing. Now, because... Nate Diaz has told me that he wants to do boxing, but the UFC always said no. Jose Aldo, who's now training with Robert, and Robert's really working on his boxing, he wants to take a break from MMA and do pro boxing. But the UFC was telling these guys no. So now they're saying, look, there's a president with Connor. Maybe we could do it now. So Jose Aldo wants to try pro boxing, but he's more realistic. He's like, I'm not going to start on the top. Let me start lower, mid-level, and see where I stand. And he'll do really good because Robert, for example, Robert Garcia told me Jose Aldo or Jose Aldo, Hits just as hard as Chino Maidana. And that's a huge compliment. Wow. Yeah, so if he could crack and Robert could work with him on head movement and, you know, defend, you know, a little defense. And, you know, obviously the footwork is key because MMA fighters kick. Boxers obviously don't kick. But we may see a new trend now of crossover of MMA superstars wanting to go make some money. 
Now, all the more reason to, to get a union question. for fighters in general. Right. There you go. So if they have minimums and veterans and look, I'm not going to mention names because the fighters told me not to. But there are certain MMA fighters that tell me we don't have money. We superstars. Right. But UFC comes out with a game. We get no money off it. They sell our T-shirts, our action wow. figures. We get no money off it. So just getting paid from your payday is nice, and maybe they give you a bonus is okay. But everything's in merchandising. Everything's in marketing. Kiss, the rock group, when they came out with lunchboxes, everybody ridiculed them and clowned them. But you know how much money they made off that extra stuff? They were like a garage band with, like, face it painted, right? Same, same with same with Elvis Presley and Star Wars and, and and all of that stuff. You know, I mean, well, Star Wars made several billion dollars at the box office too. The but f- but you're right. But no. but you're absolutely right. These ancillary forms of income are super valuable, super valuable. Especially when you don't have a, a shoe contract like an NBA, player, right? And you don't have TV commercials. You really, I mean, look, the only MMA fighter I see that I've seen on TV was uh, Chuck Liddell. He was doing some a monster truck energy. I don't even remember what the company for, but he was driving a monster truck, and I think he was. But he's. A, I've never really seen them in mainstream commercials. Hmm. So, and they're superstars. These people do have a following, cut like following. I, oh I man, there's no doubt about it. It's just that they don't have the 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 proper representation. Yeah, and Dana White got his hand on it. So chokehold, actually, he's got on that that lead. Pun intended. He's got it on all of them, and the guys just wanted to fight. So it is what it is. I just. You know, you see this whole situation, how it's going down. It's 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 really disturbing. So, and listen, between Friday to today, the boxing world has been nonstop news. Nonstop Marquez, news. Mark is retired, the guy who knocked out Pacquiao. Oh, Juan Manuel Marquez retired wow. as well. Wow, there's a lot of retirements. Klitschko yeah. retired, Marquez Klitschko retired, retired Bradley. and Timothy Tim, Bradley retired. Tim Bradley retired. You had Robert Guerrero recently retire. Hmm. So those are all, and what's funny is what Marquez had is, party at ESPN that made him a cake of him knocking out Pacquiao and they have a little figurine of Pacquiao down on his face. I thought that was a little disrespectful, but hey. Very disrespectful, cake. especially seeing that, that those fights made him the household name. Right. And yeah, besides and- that, it's also disrespectful that when you want to talk about juicing, the guy fights 36 rounds with the guy. He can't get him off his feet. All of a sudden in the last fight, he's ripped like Adonis at the oldest that he's ever been, training with a guy that has already been convicted of distributing steroids, and then he knocks Manny Pacquiao out completely cold. Yeah. I, you know, but- I, it was always very – that one was always very suspect to me. It, if I was – Everybody. You know what I mean? I, I always felt like they they're, they're, there must have been no testing whatsoever in that hold, in, in that, that fight. But I don't know why they would do that. I always thought – recently I was telling Terry this, Ellie, that I was surprised that Tim Bradley uh, retired to such little fanfare. Timothy Bradley is a great champion, five-time champion. Well, he, he kind of like held the announcement, but it leaked out. And because it leaked out so slowly, by the time he made the original, their official announcement, everyone was already two weeks in their mind. They already heard it. Boxing oh, really? Is a tiny, okay. Is a, yeah, boxing is a tiny fishbowl with a lot of big fish and a lot of big shots, but it's tiny. It's a very small world, and everybody sees everything. Everybody knows everything. There are leaks everywhere. No one is, there, you can't keep secrets. So I was in New York at the Mikey fight 10 days ago, and I heard about Tim Bradley retiring. So even though he only made it official last night or two nights ago, I wasn't surprised. I already knew it. Right. So, and it wasn't only me. I'm sure everybody. And um, well, they didn't tell me the story. Amir Khan <laughs> splits with his wife and accuses Anthony Joshua. Of that was big news. That, that was that. That's terrible fodder, man. And I hope that that's not true. And even if it is, they're just 
there's no place for running around with another guy's wife and in in the news and blah blah blah. So, you know what I mean? There's no they place. They have kids, you know. They have a kid, so I, I hope they work it out. But it, I'm just saying this boxing and then today the latest one, and again it's all Kel Brooks on a plane smoking in the bathroom, drunk, gets lands in Barcelona, police interrogate him. It's been nonstop news. I'll He's probably just trying to numb his eye sockets, right? He's just trying Stop. to get to heal up. Could be, but the alcohol doesn't help on the plane. Does Here's not the help. <laughs> they, they would tase him so fast. If this was an American flight in an American airport, You're not lying. he'd be tased 100%. in L.A., he'd be arrested. Already. He might but already you know, be on Gitmo if it was in America. No doubt. But in Europe, a little more lenient. They just said, we had a disturbance and police interrogated. They're so polite. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So we have lots and lots of things going on in the box store. Plus, you have Mayweather. Uh, media day coming up, McGregor media day, and then you have uh, Canelo Triple G fight. You know, Abel Sanchez saying that, uh, what did he say? The, let me see exactly the quote. He said that Triple G's mad at Canelo and he has uh, Lomachenko eating Mikey up. So there's so much buzz around boxing. For me, it's great covering boxing because I don't remember any time, any period of the last 10 years being so much news from so many directions, nonstop. Yeah, yeah. Boxing's back, baby. I just hope that August 26th doesn't set us back like uh, the Trump presidency. Right. So. Well, this is the thing. McGregor's going down. We all know that. And Paul even said that when you push him to the stomach, he squealed like a girl. It's something to that extent. I'm paraphrasing. But he said he was he was crying. When you, Mayweather's wow. great at body shots. Great at body shots. I mean, he's great so, at a lot of stuff. <laughs> what, yeah, what he is. Stuff, but, Especially but against somebody who's never boxed before. Absolutely. Especially if someone says they're going to use karate and capoeira. <laughs> Okay. Whatever. Now, if yeah, he exactly. Handle Pauly, how, he can't handle Paulie in sparring. How is he going to handle Floyd? Right. And so old Paulie. It, look, it's, it's going to be a spectacle. Millions will watch it. McGregor fans will be shocked. And if McGregor lands one shot, they'll say, oh, he won the fight or he was competitive. <laughs> but, but Floyd will stop him or McGregor's corner will take enough punishment. Because I don't know if McGregor has a good chin. I don't know if he if – he, I haven't watched enough boxing because I've never seen him box. But I don't know if it's, it's tissue, it's skin tissue. Some people, you hit them and they bleed right away. I don't He's going to get cut up. Yeah. He's going to get cut up. I think it's a nine. I think it's going to be long. So, I think Floyd's going to hurt him for a long time. Really? Yeah. yeah I think he's going to punish why? him for a long time. I really Not do. Not only that. But if it goes all the way to nine, then there's a rematch. If it stops early, no rematch. There you go. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, the expert, Ellie Secback. Ellie, tell the people where they can find you. Go to YouTube, type in ES News, and you'll see 57,000 videos, and we're, we're, we're pumping out lots and lots of content these days. So stay tuned. Thanks so much for tuning in. The Ozone. <laughs> Ellie, we love you, baby. Yeah, appreciate see you, it, man. Late. Thanks. Yeah, this thing with Timothy Bradley, though, man. You know, Timothy Bradley was a serious problem for a lot of big-name fighters. That's why he couldn't get the big fights, really. And you believe that's why he realized he was never going to get the big-name fights, so it's better for him to just start commentating. Yeah, and I read also that he said that when he was watching Pacquiao take some of that punishment from his last fight, he just that was the, the sealer for him. I don't blame him. I, I mean, what else does Timothy Bradley have to prove? I know. Nobody wants to fight him. He's not in one of those big stables. Right. You know, he trained with his dad with Desert Storm forever. That's his punishment for not wanting to play the game. Mm-hmm. So it, we won't let you play. We won't let you play with the big boys. Although every now and then they'll throw him a, a couple of, you know, throw him a couple of bones and let him get in there with. And that's just because they probably think that they were going to beat him. And yeah, he, and he went in there and showed big heart. Showed big heart. 
He said that he, you know, he had he was concussed and he had slurred speech for a little while after he fought. What's your boy Pranikov? Yeah, Pranikov. Yeah, and he had slurred speech for a little while and then it cleared up and that's when he started really taking the heart that maybe I need to uh, think about retiring, about doing something else. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, good for him. And I think he'll ease in more and more to his role on ESPN as a broadcaster. And hopefully, he quit being biased. He's pretty biased. <laughs> He's yeah. pretty biased. And I think as he starts to do, as he starts to speak on more. Um, Fights that he fighters that he did not face, right? He'll be less biased. Now, I just realized I got bit by a mosquito, something fierce. Jeez, please look at that. So, uh, so, and then you got the big boy that retired, Vladimir Klitschko retired, and he, and he retired and passed the torch in a really, really classy way. Yeah, that was really cool. Really classy way he passes the torch to Anthony Joshua, and Joshua responded in kind, saying, hey, thanks. Any any notes that you got for me on how to keep this thing alive for 10 years, I appreciate. He was a great champion. He was a great champion, and I, I really think he's a great champion that, that could have fought in most eras. Yeah. I won't say any era because I don't, I don't think that – I think his brother could have fought in any era. I think that, that Vlad's chin might have been a little suspect – for them big boys in the 70s. Right. Um, because they drop them on you. Yeah, and you, there's just no answer. You you either can take that or you can't, which is why all of those guys had brain damage, <laughs> including George Foreman, I think. Who, and proud of it. <laughs> and proud of it. This, it is what it is. But, I mean, a great champion. I think he represented well for Ukraine. Uh, he represented well for boxing. He was always a classy guy. And now he's walking away with all of his faculties. I'm just really happy that he chose to walk away. Because he didn't, he didn't have anything else to prove. Nothing else to prove. And also, he didn't look. Only thing that I that he had left to prove was that he could beat up Tyson Fury, yeah. which apparently he, he, you know, he couldn't one because Tyson Fury's on cocaine now, but two because who knows what was going on in his life. I don't think that was his best night, but that's on his record. It is what it is. Um, his last two fights, he didn't look the best. To me, if you're going to go out on a loss, that's the best way that you can go out. Possibly is that Klitschko versus Joshua fight. And he showed so much heart, and he showed I mean, that, and he showed that he was a true champion in that fight. He sure did. Got up off the mat. Got off the mat and chunked him. Put the kid on the floor. Just didn't have enough to get him out of there. That was that. He was a forty-year-old virgin. That's how they got him. Come on, I see it coming. Come on, I didn't hear no bell. Yeah, yeah, they gave it. And then, uh, and then, uh, you know, there's a, a memoriam going on nowadays, man, because we had a couple players in our favorite sport pass away. Darren Dalton died. Dutch Dalton got him, got him out of there. Right. He was a stud back in the man, day. Man, he was a stud. Unbelievable. He really was. The, the New York Times says Darren Dalton was the heartbeat of a rowdy Phillies bunch. Yeah. Man, that squad was rowdy. And Darren Dalton, he was he just fit right, right there. In, right? He sure did. <laughs> he sure did. Man, I, I used to love watching him play. Yeah, I used to too. love just watching. They, those guys played baseball, man. Him, John Cruck, Mitch Williams. Lenny Dykstra. Nails. <laughs> Grind it out. Grind you a game out. I mean, great one of the greatest World Series you'll ever see. Yeah. Great World Series between oh, them and the Blue Jays. Great World Series. Wow. Maybe one of the best. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe Literally. one of the best. Yeah, I'm, I need to go back and watch that. Me too. In some <laughs> grainy SD footage. <laughs> Mess only, up my eyes. That's the only deterrent. <laughs> Yeah, no, nah, man. Dutch is out of there, 55 years old. Uh, prayers out to his family. I just, anytime somebody gives me that kind of He's a young guy, too. Entertainment. He's only 55 years old. Yeah, yeah only 55 years old. He uh, passed away. It's unfortunate. I woke up this morning to, uh, you know, he, 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 he died from cancer. And then uh, another very special player died from cancer. Uh, a guy that I loved when I was a kid. And when I say loved, I mean loved, which is Big Don Baylor. 
Gotta love Big Don. Big Come Don on, man. was a stud, man. Don was a stud. Right on top of the plate. And I had stood up tall. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and willing to take I think he got hit more than anybody, anybody in baseball history. Yeah. And that was just what I was just about to say. I had that tops card that said, ouch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it was it was his baseball card talking about how he had been plunked more than anybody in Major League Baseball history. He was a, a really, really, really intimidating ball player. <laughs> and he he man, that dude played the game. He played the game in Boston. He came out to L.A. and played, played for the Yankees. He played, I mean, he's a big time ball player. Big time ball player too, clutch guy. He and had three trips to the World Series. He's a clutch guy. So I'm one telling a, you, yeah, one AL MVP. Come on, man, nineteen seasons. It's real. Nineteen seasons. Big man. The big fella got him with that multiple myeloma. Sixty-eight years young. You, you knew he was in trouble though when you saw him that time when he took the first pitch that night and when Vlad had to help him off the field. Yeah, when he threw out the first pitch. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I think he was catching the first pitch. He was, yeah, 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 he was yeah. Vlad crouch. threw out the first pitch. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, he and was Vlad went over there and helped him up. Yeah, and he was sure did. Crouching. I think he snapped his hip or something like that. Someone right. Yeah. Yeah. Man. It's really unfortunate. This life, folks, you never know what's going to happen, so you got to take advantage. You got to take advantage. You have to carpe that diem and seize your day. We never know what's going on behind the scenes with the people that we idolize. Even with ourselves, sometimes you got to, you know, you got to just keep your life in order. You never know when your number's going to get called. No, nobody knows. Nobody knows. If they do, man, they <laughs> so get it in. Yeah, yeah you got to do it. You got to do it. Got to do it. Well, I uh, want to move on to the last piece, which is the game of Major League Baseball. I mean, honestly, I watched the Dodgers this weekend. Unfortunately, I don't have the right cable system, so I only watch a certain number of Dodger games unless I illegally stream them. And who would do that? Mm-hmm. And uh, I watched the Dodgers blast the Mets in the series this weekend. I think they outscored them about 25-6 to six or something like that. Isn't it amazing? 25-4, maybe. Yeah, a team like the Mets who's supposed to have all that pitching ends up with nothing? It's craziness. I mean, I mean literally two nothing. years ago... They had the best pitching staff in all of baseball in the World Series. Not even questionable. No, without a doubt. You had Thor. You had Jacob DeGrom. You had Matt Harvey. And who was there? Familia. You had. A, oh, you had you had Familia in the uh, bullpen. Uh, they had uh, another guy that was a that was that was they had Thor DeGrom. As a matter of fact, I Harvey. think Stephen Matz came up. I and they had Matz. And they had Matz. That we watched Matz at the yeah. he dealt on the Dodgers. And he was swinging the stick. Yeah, and he came up swinging the stick. Yeah. And now, because of some conditioning program or something, who knows what happened? But they they ran into through bone spurs, the what is it, thoracic outlet, torn ulnar nerves, yeah, ulnars, and then what's that? The Thor tore his uh, the lat, the, yeah, that lat muscle. Come on, dude, unbelievable. I mean, such promising young studs. And then Zach Wheeler comes back. He still hasn't been able to get it all together. Yeah. But either way it goes, that's not what I wanted to talk about. I want to talk about the Los Angeles Doyers because Los Doyers, I just. I don't know who's going to beat them. The Houston Astros. And the Houston Astros are honestly trying to get now, which would make it even more so, Justin Verlander. I think that's a great move for the oh, Astros. Oh, that would be. That's that's the that's, that's counteract that's, the Dodgers move. It sure is. <laughs> sure, and it needs to. Yeah. Because you Darvish came to play. You, you Darvish always comes to play. And he comes to, to the tune of to about carve. 250 strikeouts at the Carvery board every Sunday. The Astros actually give him a problem. Yeah, he had to pitch against him a lot. And yeah. although, if you remember, he shut them down quite a few opening days. He shut them down. Yeah, that was, that was before, they yeah, that their, was before they got their new <laughs> nucleus <laughs> together. Yeah, Love but it. but uh, you know, both of the teams obviously got to get there. But I'm just telling you, I watched the game this weekend and and lost some money on the game this weekend with the Astros losing to the Blue Jays. 
or in a game where they had the lead three to nothing, three to one. Then they end up letting the lead go. Game is tied three to three in the eighth inning. They get runners on second and third with no outs, and they don't score the run. They end up losing in extra innings uh, with Francisco Liriano looking like the wrong Liriano. <laughs> that wasn't the Liriano <laughs> that we hired. That was not the Liriano they wanted to get in the trade. And and you know, the kid that they kept was in uh, left field, threw a little dribbler home, and couldn't throw out somebody from deep shortstop. That's what happened when the George Springers of the world get hurt. Yeah. You know, and Carlos Correa, and those guys come back, and then you're going to have your full pitching staff with um, Lance McCullers getting back in there. You know, and he had a back issue. He'll be back. Keiko came back. Um, so they're going to be, they're going to be, you know, this would be a great World Series if both of those teams can make it. Would be a great World Series. I have to say, I watched that series with the New York Yankees and Cleveland Indians, two also top contenders, and that was a clash of the Titans. That was a great series. Yeah. The the Yankees, you know, they split the series, but, um, but, but they – uh, I felt like the Yankees went and they did what they were supposed to do I to try like to get over made, the hump. Yeah, but I don't still don't. I still don't feel like they have enough to get over it. For some reason, it's just like a. It's it's like they're missing something. Still, I, I feel like Sonny Gray gets it together. I tell you what, they're missing. And are, what, and are what, Wallace Chapman being a shutdown closer? Definitely missing that. Um, but and and he was like this. He was suspect last year too yeah, when he, he was, was in Chicago. He's ne- he's not a lights out guy. Yeah, he likes to walk guys. He gives up a hit here and there. He'll give up a bomb every now and then. Um, but by and large, if the Yankees get the lead after six, the game is over. Uh, in, it should in be. general. Yeah. In general. Um, but but what I was gonna say that they're missing and who woke up this weekend was Jacoby Ellsbury. They he need and he had a triple. And the thing is, is that they need that guy. Yeah. They're missing that element of speed to 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 complement the element of power that they now have. Right. And that would make them Astros esque, to be honest. But this because is, because they have it. Right. It's just like Jacoby Ellsbury. I don't know what happened. Jacoby Ellsbury's having a terrible season. He's in like two thirty something. I do believe the legs. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to them legs? They red legs. Legs joke. Maybe so. Maybe they got him. Yeah, but this is what the Astros bring, and the Dodgers actually bring it themselves. Yeah, they have that complement of speed and power. I think that one of the things that the Astros are going to have over the Dodgers at this point is that the Astros actually are more mature at this age, and the Dodgers, once they get into the playoffs, I feel like they're not there yet to be able to get over that hump. Because for some reason, there's always something missing with a team like the Dodgers, and they need they need Adrian Gonzalez, who's probably coming back oh, he'll this be week. Back. But, yep. but with the kids like Bellinger and stuff, because Bellinger, they're going to scout him out and – Trust me, they're going to find holes in his swing, and then look like the Mets found a few. Even though he's still, yeah, you he know, got him a couple. You gonna get? They going? He's going to get his because the Mets pitching staff is completely not up to code. But he, right? They they look like they found a couple of holes in his swing. Hmm. Yeah, and I think those holes come up in the zone. Yeah, the, that, but the Dodgers look great. I, I mean, mean, I mean, <laughs> great. like wow. Top to bottom, the, the the bullpen looks great. The starters look great. But honestly, that kid, Chris Taylor, is setting the table. Yeah, I'm really impressed and, with him. And he came and out got, of nowhere. He's having great at bats. Yeah, but they got let Chase off the game with the with, yeah. Let let the game off with a six or nine pitch at bat, something like that. Yeah. And then went deep off of Stephen Matz. That's what or off of Jake Degrom. Sorry, yeah. off of Jacob. That's what happens when you get the Chase Utley's out of the leadoff spot, and, you know, and Logan Forsythe's, and let the kids get up there. Let Chris Taylor get up there, take a great at bat, set the tone for the team, and now you're ready to rock. Hmm. Ready to go. Woo-wee. I can't wait for October to get here. I know. I, you know what, baseball, though, I feel like there's not a lot of good teams in baseball, really, this year. There's there's average teams, mediocre teams, and then there's like a, just a handful of good teams above average. Cleveland's good. The yeah, Yankees will be considered good. Boston is good. Yeah. You have the Houston Astros and the Dodgers. Everybody else is whatever. 
I would say the Nationals are good. Oh, yeah, the Nationals. I'll, I'll I'll the my Nationals bad. Are Nationals, Nationals are good because, for one thing, they have Max Scherzer. <laughs> Which is good. He's going to compete every time out there. Y- yes, and he can pitch against any team. And any, any, time. any team, any time, Max can shut you down. And, Matt, if, and if you He's talk, got that stuff with him where Max can, can literally no hit you on any given night. Yes. That's a problem. Yeah, it's a problem. And you got to see him a few times. Show. Oh, yeah. Why not? Yeah. He can, he's one of the only guys that can go pitch for pitch. Yeah. So he's the X factor, man. I mean, he's a big deal. They got to get their closer situation together, though. Yeah. Because the backside of their team is still, you can still beat the Nationals late. But this is the thing with Mad Max, though. Max, Max, he goes deep in the game. No, no, no. Max is, <laughs> he's a problem. Listen, he's a problem. But I'm saying that's one dude. Yeah, that's one dude. But if you know, but the way that I saw from the Dodgers, hey, man. That rotation that they have is in beast mode. Come on, man. And, and when they, they got, get Kershaw back, you're you talking getting, about you're talking about four guys who were going seven. Right. And then you're talking about Chingrani, Watson, and Kinley. They, the game is over. They've shortened the game successfully. They've shortened the game. Yeah, and and Rue is looking great. I mean, Han Jin, I'm so happy to have him back. Yeah. He was a cornerstone of my fantasy squad a couple years ago when I actually won it all. And then after his arm went dead, it was it went all bad for me. Took him about, what, a year and a half, two years to get back? Taking about two years to get back together. Yeah. Wow. All right. You got anything else? Yeah, I actually do have a couple. What do we got? We got Steph Curry. Steph Curry with the shot, boy. Yeah. Big time. Now, you know, I can't say enough about this guy. I know a lot of people. Steph is, even with his appearance on Ballers, people were trying to to clown because he shouted out all of his endorsements and companies and stuff. And this guy's a stone-cold winner. Yeah, and he's a good guy. And and Why are you always going to get backlash when you're a good guy you come to find yeah. in professional sports. On, on the offseason, he could be doing something that's not right. And what he what is he doing? This guy is out here dedicating his time to something productive, right? And he's become great at something else yes. because now he is a professional golfer. Yeah, and he was good. And what's wrong with that? No, because- nothing. I mean, I think more of us as men could definitely take his his lead on that because we have a certain amount of of testosterone and energy that needs to be spent in competitive ways right. and oftentimes that leads us down the path of doing some dumb stuff right and he's showing another way that it can be very positive and productive he's a team player man he takes his he take a, a salary cut so that you can go out and get more players i mean i mean i'm not a warriors fan but this dude now man, how can you be mad yeah i'm not mad at him he's solid can't be mad at steph curry big shout out big love good call for under armor to sign that man and make him the brand ambassador Big big love for uh, Steve Levinson and Mark Wahlberg and Joey Juice for getting them on ballers. That guy's a winner. That was a yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. I was really impressed to read that he had made the cut and he's a professional and he's on the tour. Yeah, it's cool. It's a, a pass cool. I mean, and, yeah. he, and he looks good. You know, he was competitive. It wasn't. Oh, no, like, no, that's what I'm saying. He, he wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't like it, it was wasn't a, like a, they didn't throw that, him a bone yeah, to was, get him out there. Yeah, no, he did his thing and it's respectable. Hundred percent. Yeah, and then we also got your boy who retired. Well, who's on the verge of retiring? Who? Usain Bolt. Oh, this is the news I need to speak about. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, you. Oh. You. I almost forgot. This is when I get in the car and I'm like, ugh. Got the greatest of all time. It's very rarely that you can hands down say that you're the greatest at anything. The fastest man ever. That guy is the greatest runner, the greatest sprinter of all time. And in his last race, it looked like he just got a bad start, and he still almost hawked those guys. Couldn't get that last gear. He didn't have that. It chirped. He didn't. He didn't have it. He couldn't chirp. He wasn't three fifty five. That was it. You need that. You need those gears. He was. He was around three seven three, maybe a four ten. He needed three fifty five in his rear end to get it done. And I tell you what, it was still a beautiful race, a beautiful moment for Justin Gatlin to give him love. 
and give him praise. Now, this is my question to you, Randy Piper. I got a lot of backlash on my Twitter page. A lot of people said, uh, a lot of people on my Twitter page wanted to talk about Justin Gatlin, who has already been caught juicing, right? not being on a lifetime ban, and now coming back and taking uh, the title from Usain Bolt in Usain's last go-round. Did Bolt complain? Didn't say a word. Then let it go. Didn't say a word. And Bolt came in third. Yeah, Bolt didn't come in second. He came in third. I mean, these are all one one-hundredths of a second, you know. And honestly, a guy like Bolt would probably make you cheat. If you... <laughs> 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 wow if he's blowing you out like he's been blowing everybody I mean, out for years he's been walking people for tur- a dozen years he turns around and looks at you while he's passing and you? you're a world class sprinter like, that's not even acceptable as an athlete right you're like this is not working out for me where is the needle where's the juice <laughs> where I need to report to the, James I need to report to the lab man and this guy, not that I don't think it's acceptable, but he, he uh, I, I hear you what sure? you're saying. But this, uh, I mean, the dominance that Usain Bolt has shown us over the past 10 years, it might, redu- might be 12 years. It's ridiculous. Over the top. <laughs> it's crazy. It's over the top. It's unmatched. I, I mean, this unmatched. is what, the fastest person ever. He made Carl Lewis just come out and straight hate. <laughs> hate. Made Carl Lewis hate. There's no way he could be running this fast naturally. There's just no way I've because seen it. Because you caught Ben blah, Johnson. Blah, 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 he blah. caught Ben Johnson back in the day, so he felt like everybody's doing it. Let me tell you something. Ben Johnson ran a 979, and it was just completely and totally mind-blowing. Usain Bolt ran a 959 and low-key. Could have ran a 94 in that. If he doesn't play if around. He actually, <laughs> if he actually had any competition, he could have ran a 94. How many times has he ever run the whole race? You know, this is this is the thing. And you could see this is how he hawked those guys in that race mm-hmm. right there. Because that kid Coleman's a real deal, too. The kid Coleman that came in second place. Right. And it was the first time since he's hit the scene that I've ever seen him try. Where you could say... Wow, this looks like it's effort. Obviously, he's gifted, and obviously, he does his work, so he he doesn't have to right. look like he's struggling and straining and so on and so forth. This is the first time on his face, he kind of glances to the right like, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm not looking back at anybody. I'm it's like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> and he tried to leg it out, and he and if he had five more yards, he wins the race. But he didn't have that extra five. That's Can't just unbelievable. That, that was such a beautiful race, too. Man. I said it when I watched the, the semis. I put it up on Twitter. I said, man, it looks like Bolt may have some competition tonight because that did. Coleman kid beat him in the semis. And it was almost the way that he beat him. He beat him in a way and looked around and looked at him like, hey, I'm here to run. I'm Woo. not scared of you. It was very impressive. <laughs> it was really impressive. I mean, it's just father time remains undefeated because yeah. ultimately a nine nine four beat Usain Bolt. A nine nine four. Usain Bolt could today literally step up and give you. I guarantee you, he'd give you a nine seven. He had a bad couple races. He had right. a bad race. Nine nine four. That's no. like that's like world class from the eighty four Olympics. Right. He's perennially in the nine sixes, nine sevens. Doesn't have it anymore. Does he not have it anymore, or does he? Or did he just have a bad race? I. If you look at his start, we won't find out. We will never find out. Nor should we. Good for Usain Bolt. One thing that I love about him is he loves being Usain Bolt. Exactly. That's something I love about him. I love it when successful people love being themselves unapologetically. Why should he apologize for being the fastest man in the world? And loving it. And loving it. And loving loving it. (laughs) (laughs) 
little Don Adams get smart for you older people out there. Yeah, why why should he why should he apologize for that? That's hot. It's really hot. Really hot. It's blazing. As a matter of fact, you see those shoes that he had? No, I didn't. I didn't see the, I didn't see the burners. He had on some burners. Inside the shoes, Puma made him some, some custom shoes, and inside the shoes were uh, London 2011. Uh, oh, Sydney, nice. Blah 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 blah. All the races that he's won over the last eleven years were all documented all over his shoes, like inside the shoe and everything. That guy's a winner, even when he's a loser. Come on, man. I mean, most people would. Love if you went to somebody's house and you saw a bronze medal at the world championships track and field, be like, dang. For him, it's like, yeah, that one. I'm give that one away. <laughs> we'll, we'll auction that one off to charity. Look how much light he's brought to the track and field and to the world. Yeah, because he loves what he does. He's yeah. so passionate about what he does. Really, seems like he's a guy I'd really like to meet. He, that guy's cool. You can see the age on him too. You can see it. Uh huh. You can see it. He's been good timing. <laughs> He's been loving being Usain Bolt for has been, 11 years now. Has he been finger popping? No doubt about it. 100%. You can, there's, there's video footage. Hmm. He's at Carnival. He's out there dancing and grooving. Come on, man. And and with a with a sport as fine as sprinting and track and field, it's not like there's a big window. You right. know what I mean? It's like. It's true. And you talk about him doing another Olympics. Was it a few years away? No, he's not. He said it's over. Yeah, it's over. As it should be. As it should be. There's no. There's nothing wrong with and, retiring. And why should he be, since he's not going to be the anchor anymore, why should he be anything on the relay? I wouldn't want to run any leg on the relay if I'm not going to be the anchor when I used to be the anchor. It doesn't serve a purpose. Let one of these young cats run it now. Well, he's the one. Yeah, he's the, the man. <laughs> what is, what, there's nothing else to prove. He's the mark of all time. If anybody's ever going to get like him, they've got a lot of winning to do to get even in the conversation with Usain Bolt. And I'm sure it'll happen. It'll probably just happen when we're not around anymore. It's going to He's a once in a generation talent. Yeah. I mean, I'd be very, very surprised if somebody just suddenly, if the whole field starts running nine sevens. Everybody on the juice. <laughs> I mean, I think even if you're on the juice, that, that's the even thing. Even if you just it. shoot the gun. <laughs> I don't think I, I, I just don't, I don't see it happening. You know, and that's the other thing about the juice. It breaks down your body. Yeah. You didn't see that from Usain Bolt. You saw him maintain dominance over a long period of time. You talking about every race you never lose, and it's not like boxing where you get to handpick your opponents. And sometimes you see him losing the prelims or something. He's just like, yeah, I was messing around. You know? Oh yeah, but that's what I'm saying. He would, but even though lose, that's what I'm saying. He yeah. wouldn't. That's not even a loss. It doesn't even no, count. That's that just count. qualifying. He's just playing games. Get to the finals and let him get out there, silence <laughs> the crowd. Say, hey, it's go time. Turn on the lights. I put the cameras on him. Yeah, yeah. Put the cameras on him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know what? That's the goal for the Ozone. We're going to get Usain Bolt on the Ozone in the next year. I need him. I just want to hang out. Yeah. Bolt! (laughs) Yeah, he just (laughs) couldn't believe it when he was running. He was too much. All right. Well, leave you guys with a quote from Miss Helen Keller. Character cannot be developed in ease and quiet. Only through experience of trial and suffering can the soul be strengthened, ambition inspired, and success achieved. Thank God for your struggles, folks. I am Omar Miller, your host. This has been the Ozone on Uninterrupted. Ozone. Ozone.